Hello and welcome back or welcome to the Radley Breakfield Show. I am your host, the one, the only Radley Breakfield, also known on the streets as Titties. If you're not familiar with the show, we talk about sports, gambling, politics, trying to catch the latest pedophiles. Sometimes we talk about drama. Sometimes we love things. Sometimes we hate things. Sometimes we talk about racism. Sometimes we talk about whatever the fuck I feel like talking about. Today, you got a good show, but first, don't forget to like, share, subscribe. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram. Follow me on YouTube. I post on YouTube as well. Um, just the podcast episodes if you want to check those out. I have no subscribers, but I could definitely use one or two, so go get that. Um, yeah, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, on all three of those. My name's Bradley Breakfield on all three of those. Twitter, it is titties TM. Um, that is trademarked. I wish I should get that trademarked. That would be badass as fuck. Somebody put, point me in the direction of how to do that. I'm pretty sure I can just do it online. But nonetheless, uh, pretty packed show today. Quite a few things I want to talk about news-wise. Um, my top five, one love, one hate, a new segment that I'm not going to say the name of it until we get to it. I'm going to be talking about the conference standings. Then I'm kind of going to dive into this Lamar Jackson stuff. So I'll cover that at more the end of the show and kind of uh, talk about that, I guess, and talk about where I think he should go, who should be into him, all sorts of stuff like that. But uh, nonetheless, let's get into it. And I also need, if you're a listener or you know somebody that can um, make an intro song, I could use an intro song right now I, I i don't know how to do it i'm sure i could figure it out but i'm not the brightest of uh brightest of what i don't know i'm not bright at anything but i don't think i i'm not bright when it comes to technology or how to make a beat or shit like that so uh yeah maybe i should click this out somebody help me out i don't know but anyways let's get into it lots of news lots of stuff i want to talk about joe mixon he is in trouble uh once again um late monday night uh some gunshots were heard at his house uh, sounds like the kid um, was accidentally shot. I'm not sure the full situation. Haven't heard too many details since. Um, but kind of a bad another situation for him. You know, he's been in trouble a couple times. I believe uh, domestic abuse. Um, I know he had a gun charge not that long ago that got dropped as well. Um, he's kind of just been falling down a deep dark path. It seems like, especially the past couple months. So you know, hopefully he wasn't the one that shot the kid. I don't even want to speculate that, but I'm not exactly sure what happened. That's the whole situation. You just hope that. Uh, if Joe Mixon is really going through some stuff, he gets some help, you know, kind of the same situation as John Morant. He's been in the news a lot lately, you know, same thing. I, I'm rooting for John. I want him to get the help that he needs, you know. It sounds like he will, you know. People make mistakes, um, but hopefully hopefully everything gets figured out. And hopefully Joe Mixon, you know, comes out on the right side of things. But just it's a bad look and not something you want to have happening. But it happened, you know, hopefully he learns from his actions. Um, you know, no matter the case, you got to have gun safety at all times. That's That's just the case, man. Guns are, they're so risky. I mean, they can take somebody's life in an instant. They're so powerful, you know, but you, ha- you have to know how, you have to be safe with them. You have to know how to use them. You have to understand good uh, gun control. Um, that's not the, good gun safety, gun practice, stuff like that, you know. So hopefully uh, everything, everything comes out good for in that whole situation. Taking in the NFL, Jimmy Kimmel um, decided to call Aaron Rodgers a uh, tinfoil hatter um, late last week. Um, basically for his comments on the Pat McAfee show saying that, uh, you know, what a lot of people know already is that we're supposed to get in the Jeffrey Epstein client list of who was visiting his house and whatnot. So Jimmy Kimmel in turn calls him a tinfoil hatter when he's really just um, speaking the truth about something that's actually fucking disgusting. So it makes you wonder if Jimmy Kimmel himself is probably a child molester. I wouldn't doubt it. He looks like a fucking scumbag. He also came out and said that if anyone tries to slap him at the Oscars, he'll beat their ass. I fucking wish I had an invite to the fucking Oscars. I'd slap the piss out of Jimmy Kimmel. Probably get myself an assault case because I'd leave him so fucking black and blue. But 
nonetheless, think the guy's a pussy. Think the guy's a piece of shit. Think pretty much everyone in Hollywood's a piece of shit. I mean, at this point, I, I think damn near fucking all of them are probably pedophiles, you know, and you hope that they're not. But I just came up to that client list to come out. I just find it absolutely fucking disgusting that our mainstream media, these big late night talk shows, I don't even know who the fuck watches those. If you're watching late night television, fucking just go get a life. I don't know. Who the fuck watches late night television? The fact that we got like 10 of those shows still on TV absolutely blows my mind. They're fucking not funny. They're fucking liberal as fuck. They have no sense of caring about the other side of things. They tell one-sided narrative story. It's worthless entertainment that apparently people watch. Doesn't make sense to me, but somehow they're still on TV. Whatever. Speaking of fucking scumbag losers, Jackson Mahomes uh, sexually assaulted a woman over the weekend. Kissed her three times without her permission. Video came out uh, quite disturbing. He just kind of grabs her by the throat, starts making out with her. You can tell the girl's uncomfortable. You can tell the girl's confused. Um, so I knew that I hated him more for just his uh, TikToks. So hopefully he gets the punishment that he has deserved. So that's all I got to say about that. And, man, the stuff just keeps coming out about how so many conspiracy theorists were right. Former CNN boss, what's his fucking name? Jeff Sucker. Sounds like a total fucking sucker. He um, had told staff at some points not to probe the lab leak story about COVID, how it was a, a, a leak in, in the lab, like everyone knows that it was. He told them not to, not to probe into it, look into it, because it was a Trump talking point. So once again, our mainstream media continues to fuck us. They're just a bunch of scumbag fucking losers, man. And I'm getting so tired of this. It's so fucking garbage. That's why, that's why I think Twitter is probably the best place to actually get news. Never thought you'd hear somebody say that, but I'm going to say it because Elon Musk is actually allowing for every side of the conversation to be put out there, actual truth and actual facts to be put out there. Not this fucking bullshit of we suppress shit and we push one-sided narratives to make everyone just be, just follow in line like a bunch of sheep, man. It's fucking, it's crazy. I'm cussing a lot here. I'm just getting heated right off the bat. Speaking of that, Tucker Carlson releases more footage of January 6th. Um, that almost makes it look like the QAnon shaman, as I call him, guy that was dressed up in Buffalo stuff, um, was pretty much looked like he was getting a tour from the police throughout the building, thanked them multiple times for uh, allowing him access to certain things, allowing just helping him out pretty much. So a lot of people are, you know, calling for uh, the fact that January 6th committee was lying about a lot of things, you know. Basically, you know, there was some people that were aggressive. They did break the glass. They did break the doors. But once they were inside, you know, nothing really crazy happened. And, you know, you look around, you see police pretty much just escorting people around, just showing them shit. It's just absolute garbage. Once again, the lies and lies and lies and lies and lies continue, continue and continue to grow. Our country is just fucking garbage at this point. That's all I got to say about it, man. It's getting really, really, really fucking old. It's getting really old, our fucking media. And then on top of it, Novak Djokovic is still dealing with COVID bullshit. He is not granted access to the United States because he's not up to date on his shots. Fucking Jesus Christ. Half the fucking country isn't up to date on their shots. Half the country didn't take COVID serious. Half the country's not even vaccinated. But some tennis player, he has to get it. I mean, fucking these, man. It's just getting ridiculous at this point. COVID's done with. It wasn't ever really that serious. People got it. People died. You know what they were? Fat, old, and lazy. Those are the people that died. Sometimes death happens. And you know what? Everybody dies. Get over it. Wasn't that serious, man. Like, holy cow. The stuff just keeps building up, building up, building up. It's just unreal. But nonetheless, that's all the news stuff that I want to talk about, I believe. Let me just double check, make sure that's all the 
all the garbage I wanted to get off my chest about our mainstream media. Yep, that would be all the garbage. Now we move into the fun stuff. College football. Not really. Not necessarily. Well, yes, I guess it is. <clears throat> Earlier this week, it was reported, or maybe it was last weekend, or last Friday, I believe, actually. Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah were all extended invites to the Big 12. And um, I love it. I think it would be a great move. And then Big Game Boomer on Twitter, he posted a clip of what some pods might look like in a, in a 16-team conference like this that would happen if they got those four teams. Pod one would be Cincinnati, Houston, UCF, West Virginia. Pod two, Colorado, Iowa State, Kansas, Kansas State. Pod three, Baylor, Oklahoma State, TCU, Texas Tech. Pod four, Arizona, Arizona State, BYU, Utah. The main reason I wanted to point out this pod pod stuff is because if it did happen can you imagine what pod two could look like possibly pod two featuring colorado iowa state kansas and kansas state think about those four head coaches you just got Deion sanders at colorado i have no doubt in my mind that at some point he's going to have a very very competitive football team he's really going to be able to build something there how long does he stay there no one really knows but i bet two three years he's going to have a really good football program a really good team that's going to compete for those playoff spots so that's really fun Iowa State, Matt Campbell had a really down year this year, but I mean, the years past, Big 12 championships, tons of talent, putting guys in the NFL. I mean, one big game's been in the top 25. You know, if he can get that kind of swagger back, you know, real, rebuild the team, have a better year this next year, and keep building, that makes it really fun. Then Lance Leipold obviously is turning things around at Kansas. They gave him a big extension. Things are things seem to be looking up. You know, finished six and six, made a bowl game for the first time in God knows how long. Then you look at Kansas State, Coach Kleiman over there. They just won the Big 12 title. And then they got fucking the shit beat out of them in the Sugar Bowl, but that's that's beside the point. You think about those four head coaches and the, the caliber that they're becoming and what they're really able to put out on the field. You know, All four, I think, are really growing programs that really can see some success. Iowa State's really the outlier right now. So is Colorado. But I have no doubt in my mind that Dion's going to find success. But that pod could really be fun in a lot. The Big 12 champion could damn near be decided every year based on who win, who wins that pod because those three happen to play each other, let alone those will be fun games. I'm just excited if that actually happens to think about what that pod could do. The, like I said, all four coaches, they would just be they're – all, they're all rising stars in my opinion. I hope, hopefully they all stick around for a couple of years and we can really see some excitement out of the Big 12. My opinion, the Big 12 is becoming the second-best conference in college football easily. Big Ten's garbage. I mean, Ohio State, maybe Michigan here and there. When's the last time they were good, right? I'm just shitting on Michigan because I hate their fans. But in all reality, I think the Big 12 is really in prime position right now, especially if they acquire, you know, those four teams to really, really be able to become the second best conference. I mean, think about Utah. Think about what Kyle Whittenham has been doing there for the past couple of years. You know, Rose Bowl appearances, you know, Pac-12 title appearances, Pac-12 championships. You name it, they've been there, they've done it. They, they're they're a good team right now. They're they're they he's been building something there for years. See them coming to the Big Twelve, that would just up the Big Twelve's value. I mean, Arizona, Arizona State, you know, Arizona has been really bad for the past couple of years. Can't remember who their head coach is, but you know they had a decent year this last year, kind of turned things around. They look like they're going in the right direction. Arizona State, you know, they've also had some bad years. Um, Kenny Dillingham, I believe, is their new head coach, um, offensive minded guy. He could really do something good there, you know. Those four teams coming to the Big 12 could only mean really good things for the Big 12 and continue to make that uh, conference the second best, in my opinion. So that's it. Now let's talk about a little bit of the, the crazy money that's being thrown around. Geno Smith got himself uh, 
what was it? 105 million over three years. I believe the first year they're paying him like 50 million or something like that. It's a ridiculous amount. Uh, I think Gino had a good year. I think he could definitely maybe find some success these next couple of years. You know, the Seahawks are a good team. The NFC is weak in my opinion. So I think it definitely, definitely a lot of potential there for Gino. I think, you know, right pieces in place. Seahawks can find some success with him. I don't think they'll ever win a Super Bowl with him, but I think that they're definitely can contend in the playoffs and, you know, win a couple games here and there. And then Daniel Jones gets a ridiculous, what was it, 160 million over four years? I mean, pay for mediocrity, whatever. He only threw 15 touchdown passes last year, this last year, by the way. Like, that's sad. Like, bro, I average like 40 fucking touchdown passes a game and I'm not in an NCAA football 14 dynasty. It ain't that, it ain't that hard to throw a touchdown pass. Like, come on, Daniel Jones, get it figured out. They also tagged Saquon Barkley, the Giants did. So, they're, they're trying to keep their team intact. Uh, Evan Ingram also got the tag. The big important one that got the tag, though, was Tony Pollard. Um, I wanted to dive into the numbers, but my boy, Warren Sharp, beat me to it on this one. The, the Cowboys are going to be paying $21 million, or sorry, $26 million to those their two running backs. $10 million to Tony Pollard, 16 to Ezekiel Elliott. That is taking up 12% of their salary cap to pay for two running backs. I mean, I understand, you know, that that is kind of their bread and butter. And it seems like Mike McCarthy really wants to run the ball a lot more next year. So I guess they really want to focus on having two dynamic backs. I think that's going to come back to bite them in the ass at somewhere, at somewhere on the roster more than likely. So we'll see what happens. I just don't think that was the right move. I, if I was Tony Pollard, I'd probably be pissed. If I could have got, you know, it's about almost the same amount of money as Zeke did in free agency elsewhere. You know, he could go be a number one back. He's probably the best back on that roster as is. So I do feel bad for the poor guy that he's going to be stuck in Dallas, you know, just competing for wild card or divisional round losses for the next year, at least, I guess, until they decide to pay him, which they might. Who knows? They might pay him a ridiculous amount. Biggest news so far, though, because free agency hasn't technically opened yet. Um, Derek Carr, because he was released from the Raiders, uh, he, just, he is signing with the New Orleans Saints. Down, He'll be down here in NOLA. I do like the move for him. I think... You know, there's a lot in place. Alvin Kamara, Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, if he gets healthy. Offensive line isn't too bad. You know, the deep Jarvis Landry as well. You know, tons of weapons, tons of capable wideouts, I think. Um, the, the big thing that I think for Derek Carr is he's going to have an easy path to the playoffs, in my opinion. That division is weak, um, especially after the Falcons and Panthers decided they're not going after Lamar Jackson. I don't have faith in Kyle Trask. We'll talk more about that stuff later. But... I mean, he's going he's gonna to have a decent defense behind him. I mean, you talk about a defense that has some got some dogs on that team, you know. Sitting out middle linebackers, Demario Davis, he's been one of the best tacklers in the NFL for the past couple of years. And we got Tyron Matthew back there. You know, the secondary is not bad. Um, defensive line's not bad. Cameron Jordan can definitely wreak some havoc. So I think this is probably going to be one of the best teams he's ever played for. Um, I think that Raiders team last year might have had more talent, but obviously I think it was more of a coaching thing. I don't think it had anything to do with Derek. I think that he can actually find some success. I think they're going to be in the playoffs. I mean, you look at the NFC, not nearly as tough as the AFC. I think that played a part of why they didn't make the playoffs. I mean, they played in probably one of the toughest divisions in the NFL last year. So I think it's a great opportunity. I think he ultimately becomes one of the top four quarterbacks in the NFC, really. I mean, only people I'd put ahead of him probably are Jalen, just because of the recent success. You know, we'll see if it can correlate. Aaron Rodgers, obviously one of the best in the league. And then I don't really – there was another one. I saw a graphic. Who was the third best court? Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford, you know, obviously a quarterback uh, that's won a Super Bowl. He obviously has proved a lot throughout his career that he's one of the top-tier guys. So 
I, I, I think that this is the right move for Derek. I think he's going to find a lot of success in NOLA. Um, maybe no Super Bowls, but I think definitely you know conference championship, maybe even make it a Super Bowl. Who knows? I think I think it's just the right fit for him, and it's it's going to be a good fit all around. Now we're moving on though to my top five. This week my top five is my top five places to watch March Madness. This is pretty simple. I haven't done this, but I'm just assuming my number one is Hooters. Great fucking wings. I love their wings. You know, you can see little boobs and butts here as well too. Never watched March Madness there, but I would imagine that, you know, it's a great environment to be in. So I feel like it just ultimately has to be number one just because of the wings alone. Number one, easy, easy. Number two, B-dubs, you know, they have good wings as well. They have other good options on the menu. So not a bad place to watch games either. You know, they got all the big screens. So Buffalo Wild Wings, definitely number two. Number three has to be your local watering hole. You know, wherever you go get fucked up late at night, you know, wherever the bar's got at least two, three TVs, you can watch all the games. It's got to be one of the best places to be. I know I, me and my buddies, we did that a couple of years ago. Our, one of our local bars that we like to go to, they were having like all the wings you can eat, all the beer you can drink or something like that for like 20 bucks, you know, it was unlimited. So took advantage of that. So it was, it was a good time. So your your local watering holes always got to be the place to go for March Madness. Number four, it's got to be any casino, you know, any casino that's got TVs. It can be just, you know, blackjack type of casino. It can be just a slots kino type of casino. Anything like that, great place to watch bar to watch basketball. You know, you can get a couple drinks in you, lose a little bit more money, we'll put some money in on the games. Great environment, nothing like it. Number five has to be Applebee's. You know, Applebee's is just undefeated. You know, Applebee's has good wings, appetizers, food, all of it, you know, whatever. So Applebee's has got to be top five. So that's my top five places with March Madness right around the corner that you got to go to and watch a little bit of basketball next weekend. Or this weekend, too. we got tons and tons of games this weekend. I'm watching games right now. Now for one love, one hate. This week I'm loving on March. It's March Madness, man. That's the only reason I love March is because the whole month of March is basically just college basketball nonstop on TV. It feels like nothing like it, man. I used to, back in my younger days when I was in high school and even in middle school I did this, I would call my mom every Thursday when March Madness would start. like, Mommy, my tummy hurts. I've been having diarrhea all day. She's like, okay, you can go home. So I'd go home, sit on my ass, watch college basketball all day, Nothing beat it. I'm sure she knew what I was doing, but she always allowed me to do it because she understood this is March. It's March Madness. So this week, today, I'm loving on March and March Madness in, as in general, I guess. We'll just we'll just call it that. I'm loving on March Madness because it's right around the corner. Got conference basketball games on all day. It's just awesome. Nothing like it. Nothing like it. This week, though, it's a big hate one for me. This week, I'm just hating on ESPN as a whole. After... Uh, after Kendrick Perkins, you know, came out and said that Nicole Jochik was going to win the MVP because he was white and most of the majority of the voters are white. And J.J. Reddick had to correct him and say that, you know, first take is making false narratives, all this stuff. You can go. I'm sure you've seen the clip, but I mean, ESPN is constantly, I feel like, pushing bullshit narratives like this. I mean, it's disrespectful and disgusting for one, for what you're doing to Nicole Jochik. You're discrediting what he is doing. The man is averaging a triple double. That's only been done two other, two or three other times throughout the history of the NBA and to win the MVP award. Yes, I understand he's won back-to-back MVPs. Maybe it's voter fatigue or whatever the fuck you want to call it. But at the same time, his team is the best team in the West. I mean, averaging a triple-double, best team in the West, doesn't have any all-stars, doesn't have any all-defensive players on his team. Pretty much, you know, the star of the team, he's carrying these nuggets right now throughout this season. So why does he not deserve the MVP? And for you to sit here and say that it's because majority of the voters are white when that's not the case, because first take even came out and 
said that's not the case is really just pushing a bullshit narrative. And all you're doing, Kendrick Perkins, is trying to create more of a divide in this country. You're trying to make it seem like it's always black versus white when that's not the case. Nicole Jochik is the best player in the NBA. And you know what? It's sad that you're pushing a bullshit narrative like this because kids, young kids watch ESPN. Young kids watch sports shows. You're putting it in their mind that everything is always going to be against them, especially young black kids. You're going to put it in their mind that somebody is always going to be against them. And that is unfair. That is not the truth because I can guarantee you 80% of this country does not give a fuck what skin color you are. As long as you're a decent human being, that is all that should matter. All that should matter. And I'm tired of ESPN and especially our mainstream media, all of them pushing some bullshit narrative like this. It's disgusting. It's disgraceful. And all you're doing is ruining other people's opinions, ruining other people's thoughts, and making it seem like everything is always going to be black versus white when that is not the case at all. And it's, I just, I just can't get on board with that. I just can't. I'm tired of it. It's a bullshit narrative that doesn't exist in my opinion. I know I'm not black. I know I haven't dealt with racism. But the world we live in today is a different place than it was 20 years ago. Things are changing. People don't care what color you are. People care if you're nice. People care if you care. That's all it is. People care if you love. Just be a good human being. It don't matter. It really doesn't. Now for my new segment this week. <clears throat> I'm calling it Girl Talk with the Boys. Girl Talk, or no, sorry. Girl Talk for the Boys. Everybody's got, you know, your boy out there, your man out there. You might have a wife. You might have a girlfriend. Maybe you have a boyfriend, actually. You know, this, well, yeah, this might work. I don't know. Girlfriend, boyfriend, wife, whatever you want to call it. If you have somebody, you know, that likes to stay up to date on the drama, I'm going to be here to break it down every week, the latest drama. You know, keep you up to date, you know, what you need to know so that when they come to you, you can have an honest conversation. That, oh, I can't believe that. This week, I'm talking a little bit of Vanderpool, Vanderpump Rules. Reality TV show on Bravo. A lot of drama going on right now. One of their main characters, he was uh, dating this girl named Ariana for a long time. Recently, was found out that she was um, that he was cheating on her with a, a girl that's also on the show. She found uh, videos of this girl um, touching herself on her phone. Come to find out, it seems like this relationship has been going on for a long time. But here's what you need to know: basically, no matter what, Tom Sandoval is a fucking scumbag. If if your girlfriend or wife comes to you and they're like, "Have you heard this stuff?" You're just like, "Hey, yeah, Tom Sandoval, fucking scumbag." You just keep saying that because the guy is a scumbag. He's a narcissist. Maybe throw that one in there. He's any of those bad words that you think of when you think of a self-centered person, use those words and they will help you in the conversation. They'll love you. They might even give you a little special treat later for, you know, caring. I'm just trying to help. I'm trying to help the boys out to try to understand our women to be better boyfriends and husbands and be better attentive. Got to care about their bullshit because they're going to care about the Lamar Jackson stuff. They're going to have to care about the Kendrick Perkins stuff. They're have to care about all the drama that's going on in the sports world. So care about theirs. Makes it makes your life better. Trust me, you know, maybe even watch it. I like to watch them. They're good shows. I like the drama. The drama's fun. So that's Girl Talk with Boys. That's all you go Girl Talk for the boys. I'm sorry. I keep messing that up. That's all you need to know. Just Tom Sandoval, scumbag. Raquel, probably a whore. Sounds like she's a whore. She did this to another guy on the show earlier after he got divorced. She kind of swooped in right away. So seems like she's uh, open for business. But that's all. that's all the boys need to know. I hope that helps. I hope this helps, you know helps your relationship, helps you get laid, whatever you want from it. But I'm just here to help the boys and the men out in the world. Well, let's move on. Talk a little bit of college basketball because it's college basketball conference tournament week. Obviously, tickets are getting punched, you know. Um, 
not going to talk about, you know, too much nonsense here. Just going to kind of run through um, the brackets, you know, what to look at here. Starting off with the ACC, you know, they're already into their quarterfinals. Wake Forest got a last second three-pointer to beat Syracuse today. They're advancing on to play Miami. Um, Miami will probably take care of them. Miami's just been on a, on a tear this year. Um, you know, I, I think Miami will move on into the semis. And then after that, you know, you got Duke first Pitt as well. Pitt beat the Georgia Tech today earlier. They only won by four or they went by eight points. Um, so wasn't the best looking one for them. Georgia Tech hasn't been horrible, but they haven't really been great either this year. Um, but I like that Duke-Pitt matchup. I do think that Pitt will win, setting up a rematch, Miami versus Pitt in the semifinals. Um, right now, North Carolina and Boston College are playing. North Carolina is up, I believe. They're looking pretty good at this moment. Uh, they, I think they're going to come out of this one. They, they're going to need a run to uh, get to the NCAA tournament. You know, They're going to have to win this game, obviously. What's the score? 60-39 to 39 Tar Heels right now. They're up by 21. Um, as long as they can hold on, win this game. They'll be going up against Virginia tomorrow. Um, a game that I do think they can win. And I think with a win against Virginia, it would uh, definitely put them back in the conversation to make the tournament. So it's definitely an important game for them, a game that they absolutely need to win. And I think that they will do that. And then after this North Carolina-Boston College game, NC State-Virginia Tech. You know, Virginia Tech went on a run last year and did win the ACC tournament. Kind of a feeling they might be doing something crazy like that again this year. Um, I, I think they can beat uh, NC State tonight, and I think that they will then beat Clemson tomorrow. I think that they're going to get there, set up a North Carolina-Virginia Tech semifinal. Um, North Carolina's going to win that game. And then, obviously, we have a Pitt-Miami rematch. I think that Miami comes out on top of that one and probably then plays North Carolina and probably wins the ACC tournament. You know, solidifies themselves as a one or two seed. So, definitely, I think Miami's going to come out on top on the ACC tournament. Big Ten tournament, that one's kicking off today. Um, Ohio State, Michigan. I don't know if that game is over or Ohio State, Wisconsin. Excuse my, excuse me, French here. Let's take a look. Ohio State, Wisconsin. Are they currently playing or is the game over? They're currently playing. Um, looks like Ohio State is up by five with 35 seconds left. Um, Ohio State's having down year, but looks like they might pull this one out. Um, Wisconsin, they kind of needed to make a run. Same as Ohio State. You know, these they're sitting at 12 and 13 respectively or disrespectfully in the Big Ten standings. So. Looks like Ohio State will hold on for that one. Minnesota, Nebraska, uh, that one's going to be after that one, obviously. Um, don't know too much about those teams. I know Nebraska has been playing decent basketball this year. I feel like they'll probably win that one. I mean, Minnesota is the worst team in the conference, so I'd be very surprised if they pulled off the upset. And then that leads into, you know, what, is, what would that be? Then the second round of the Big Ten tournament, uh, Rutgers versus Michigan. Um, I think Rutgers will come out on top of that one. They've been really good this year. I, I have more faith in them to perform than Michigan does. Kind of, I mean, crazy. It's what I was talking about last week's episode, the, the how close the standings were in the Big Ten. You know, Michigan and Rutgers are both pretty good teams. I, I do think that Rutgers is the better one, and I think that they will They'll win that one tomorrow. <coughs> Obviously, Ohio State would move on, and they'll play Iowa. I think Iowa wins. They've been playing really good this year. They have that one guy, his name is beside me right now i can't remember it chris murray's brother Ke no yeah chris murray he's not keegan chris murray he's he can score the ball i think that uh iowa will win that game penn state illinois penn state's been playing decent this year um but at the same time i do like illinois better they have more dudes um in my opinion they have more experience so i think that they'll win that game um tomorrow and then obviously that would set up nebraska and maryland um maryland i think wins that one Pretty easily, pretty handedly. Um, moving into the quarterfinals then, that would set up Rutgers versus Purdue. Purdue's just a different monster this year. 
Um, I think they're probably going to win this Big Ten tourney. I think they'll take care of Rutgers pretty easily, start cruising themselves to a one seed. Iowa-Michigan State. Um, I don't know. I want to lean Iowa on that one. I feel like if Iowa gets hot tomorrow, I feel like they can carry it over um, to whatever that would be Friday. So I'd watch out for Iowa. I think that Iowa will beat Michigan State. Um, Illinois is Northwestern then. Northwestern has been playing really good this year. They ended up getting two seed. Um, I think Northwestern wins that game. I think they'll beat Illinois, move on to the semis. Um, Maryland, Indiana. Indiana, I just think, is kind of back as a basketball school now. Um, I think that they'll win They'll win against Maryland. So they'll move on to the semifinals, setting up a matchup against Northwestern that I think they win. Um, I think that Indiana is just going to get hot right here at the right time, carry it over in the tournament, maybe make a run even. I think they cruise to the Big Ten title. Um, to set them up to either play Purdue or Iowa, which I think Purdue will more than likely be Iowa. Like I said, Purdue's just a different beast this year. They're they're a tough team. They're a tough out. So I think it sets up for a rematch of Purdue-Indiana. You know, these teams have played twice this year. Indiana won at home. Purdue won at home. So that would be a really fun game. But I do think Purdue – yeah, I think Purdue has the edge, and I think Purdue wins the Big Ten title. That's, that's my opinion. I just think that they're at a different level right now. I think them beating Indiana last time – Really gave them that confidence, so I think think they'll get the job done. Now I move to the Big East. I got to check some scores here. I know St. John's and Butler were playing earlier. Um, not sure what happened in that one. I didn't get a chance to check what we got. What we got? St. John's won. Butler's kind of had an up and down year. Um, also, the other game that happened already today: DePaul, Seton Hall. DePaul, who's been absolute garbage this year somehow pulls out the win. They won at the last second. It was a um, Seton Hall guy went up to kind of last second to score, the, to score and the Paul player blocked it. Um, they called it goaltending at first. Then after looking at it, it wasn't goaltending because the ball was only on its way up. So the Paul survives and advances on um, to the next round. Villanova and Georgetown are playing right now. I think Villanova is more than likely going to win this game. Yeah, they're up pretty big right now. Georgetown's been the worst team in the Big East this year, and I don't, I don't think that's going to change. So Villanova, I'm assuming, is going to advance in that one. I would honestly be shocked to my core if they didn't win tonight. Um, but you know, who knows? It's March. Crazy shit happens. But then that sets up the quarterfinals. Marquette um, is going to be playing St. John's. Then Marquette wins that one easy. Different beast this year. Just offensively, there the way they're able to score the ball, I, I think is just going to be too much for St. John's. UConn Providence, the 4-5, should be a really fun one tomorrow. That one's tipping off at 2.30 Eastern times. I'm going to try to watch that one. That one should be really fun. I do uh, – I'm going to lean UConn. I think UConn might be getting a little bit of their swagger back. I think that they'll take care of business tomorrow. Um, then DePaul versus Xavier. Xavier, whatever. I can't say that guy's name from Xavier. I can't think of his name. But the guy – they can score the ball at will too, so I think they win that one easily. Obviously, then I'm assuming that Villanova wins tonight, sets up a matchup against Creighton. That I believe Creighton wins that game and advances on as well. Um, Creighton's just their ability to score the ball. They're good on offense. They're good on defense, you know. But they are bad on the road, and this is a neutral site game. So there is there is a chance that Villanova might might win that game. But I think Creighton will hold on. Marquette and UConn then. Um, I just don't think UConn can stop Marquette. I mean, I remember when they played earlier this year, Marquette beat them, and I think the same thing's happening. I just don't see how Marquette loses this game. And then that would set up Xavier Creighton as the other semifinal game that I think Xavier wins. Like I said, Creighton struggles on the road. I think they get lucky with Villanova tomorrow, but Xavier's a little bit of a different beast. Setting up an unreal um, Big East title game on Saturday. 
that is just going to probably be the over. I, I'm, if it's Marquette Xavier, they're going to have an over for that, and you're going to take that fucking over, whether I tell you to or not. Just take that over, unless it's like 156 or something crazy high like that. But if it's under 150, take it for sure. Easy money, dude. Easy money. Those teams can score. Big 12, West Virginia, Texas Tech, they were playing earlier tonight, um, or they're currently playing right now. West Virginia is up by 19, it looks like. I think that they'll hold on. Texas Tech has just not been good this year, not been good on the road. Um, they have another interim head coach right now as well after their coach said some racist remarks or something. I'm not sure. I didn't dive too deep into it. It seemed like it was probably stupid in all in all honesty. But after that one, we'll have the battle, the bed, Bedlam, I guess, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. I think Oklahoma wins. I think Oklahoma, you know, I don't know. Both those teams are really good, and I do like both of them. I think they both have a lot of potential um, to make a run. You know, they both can score the ball, but I think Oklahoma comes out on top on that one. I just have to think they're going to. They're going to put some points up and score the basketball. And then we have Baylor versus Iowa State as the first quarterfinal game. Um, I don't I don't know how Baylor loses that game. Um, Iowa State, another one of those teams that struggles on the road. Um, they are one of the best teams in the country defensively, but at the same time on the road. Baylor is a little bit more comfortable, I feel like, on the road. Scott Drew, you know, a little bit more experience in the tournament, so I feel like Baylor wins that one pretty easily. Kansas and West Virginia will then meet as long as West Virginia holds on. Uh, Kansas should win that one pretty easily. I, I don't see how they lose that basketball game. And then Texas will get the winner of Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. I don't think it matters which one it is. I think Texas is going to take care of business. They've been really good this year. They just beat Kansas over the weekend. So I think for them, they're really feeling hot right now. I feel like they're really feeling dangerous. They should be able to take care of business uh, tomorrow. And then Kansas State, TCU, that should be a really fun game as well. Probably take the over in that one. I believe, for some reason, I'm thinking Mike Miles might be hurt, but I believe he's healthy. Not sure, but should be a really good game. Um, so I'll probably, I'd rock Kansas State. I think Kansas State will win that one. Is, so move on to the semis. Baylor, Kansas in the semifinals. Kansas probably wins that game. I don't know. You could go either way. I'm just going to say Kansas wins. And then Texas, Kansas State, like I said, Texas is just hot right now. I feel like they're feeling freaky in the sheets. I feel like they'll beat Kansas State, set up another Texas Kansas a Big 12 title where I do feel like Texas wins. Texas wins that game. Texas wins the Big 12 title. Done deal. Seal it. Put it in the mail. Put them in the tournament. Over with. Something I forgot to mention though, Jim Beheim after uh, the loss today announced that he was retiring. Goes down as the second winningest coach of all time. Second in the win. You know, unbelievable career. So shout out to you, Jim Beheim. Loved watching you coach for many years. Loves it. I've always loved Syracuse. So Fun to see what who their next head coach is going to be, what the direction that they're going to go. Um, so, bye, Jim Mayheim, I guess. I don't know. It's sad to see him go. Sad to see these these greats that I love for so long go out the door. Damn, dude, I got the freaking hiccups. Now we move on to the old Pac-12 tournament. Washington, Colorado played earlier today. Colorado won that game. And then what was the other one? It was just up on the TV. My computer was trying to load. I'm sorry, dude. I fucking, I know. I know. I'm a piece of shit. Garbage. Hate it. Whatever. What we got? <clears throat> Washington, or so, Colorado beat Washington earlier than Washington State. Took, cow, took care of Cal. Cal's been horrible this year. I did not realize this. They were 3-29. and 29. What the fuck is going on? Apparently, my computer fucking wants to start playing fucking... 
stupid shit. Oh my god, that probably just ruined up my whole audio, dude. I probably just my whole audio probably just got screwed up. I've been having audio issues ever since like the past three months. Ever since I really started doing this consistently, I just keep having audio issues. So annoying. That's all I gotta say. But okay, now I can't get the Pac-12 tournament to pull up. This is great. I'm having a great day. Having a great day. Having a great day. Let's see. Bracket PDF. Let's just pull up the PDF. Give me the PDF, please. Okay. Thank you. So Washington State moves on. They'll play Oregon tomorrow. Utah, Stanford kicking off next, I believe. Um, I feel like Utah's going to win that game. I don't know too much about the Pac-12. I haven't really paid too much attention this year. Only for the things that matter. I'm just going to go with Utah. Arizona State will play Oregon State later. Um, I think Arizona State wins as well. Then, Then we have Colorado versus UCLA. Then tomorrow, UCLA should take care of that. Although I do know that uh, Jalen Clark is out of the tournament, out for the season possibly even. You know, he's a big player for them. He was named Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year. So that could definitely hurt them. Definitely might hurt them down the stretch once the tournament comes around. But I think they'll take care of business tomorrow. Um, Washington State, Oregon. I don't really know too much about those two, but I'm just going to go Washington State because they won today. We're just, I'm sorry this isn't good podcast, this isn't good journalism, or whatever the hell you want to call it. But that's just, that's just how I see that playing out. Why not, you know? Arizona, Utah, Arizona's going to win. Arizona's it's Arizona UCLA for me this year in the Pac-12. USC, Arizona State. Arizona State is sitting on the first four out, so I do think that they come come out prepared tomorrow, and I feel like they will beat USC. I feel like they're going to come out tonight, be prepared, beat Oregon State. I feel like they're going to get a little bit of a run here, moving on into the semifinals. You know, they played a really close game uh, against Arizona not that long ago. I think it came down to that buzz, a buzzer beater. So Arizona State, Arizona. Arizona is going to win that game, though. Um, they're going to move on to Pac-12 title, and then UCLA will play Washington State. UCLA wins, and then UCLA, Arizona for the Pac-12 title. UCLA is going to ultimately win the Pac-12 tournament, just how it's going to be. I know I'm picking all the favorites, but that's just how I see it happening. It's not going to happen, but I don't know how else to make it happen. You know what I mean? <coughs> Sorry, my throat's itchy. The SEC tournament, last Power 6 tournament we got here. Um, trying to just double check, make sure all the games haven't been played or are being played. Currently, Ole Miss, South Carolina are playing. Ole Miss looks to be up 64-61. So this one is really, really, really tight. Let me see here. Let's pull it up, huh? Let's pull it up. Can I get it? Can I get it? Can I get it? What channel is it on? SEC fucking network. Of course it is. What? Hate that shit. They're so lame. Why do we have those shows? Or channels or whatever the fuck they're called. But anyways, I think Ole Miss might hold on. I don't know. South Carolina has been pretty decent this year. Ole Miss is actually looking at hiring Chris Beard, so we'll see how that happens. LSU Georgia then is the the last one of the day today for the SEC. Um, LSU is somehow favored to win that game. Don't really know how. I think it's because they beat Georgia earlier this year. Um, so LSU is supposed to win that game. So I'm just gonna ride with LSU, I guess, even though they've been garbage um, when it comes to college basketball. Moves us into the second round. Mississippi State Florida. Um, I like Mississippi State in that one. I they're they're a good team this year. I've watched them a couple times. I definitely think they have the potential to make a possible run here in the SEC tournament. But we'll see. I, I do think they'll beat Florida, though. Tennessee gets the winner of this Ole Miss-South Carolina game that I believe will be Ole Miss here. Um, I think Tennessee can take care of them pretty easily, though. They, they're they just a better team. Whoever wins that game, Tennessee should be able to take care of them. Auburn-Arkansas should be a really, really fun game. Um, both those teams, you know, they found early a lot of success early on the season, but they've really been struggling. But, uh, you know, both of them could really use this win. I don't necessarily know where they're sitting in terms of bracketology or predictions, but I'm going to rock Arkansas because I just rock with my boy, Eric Musselman. 
one of my favorite coaches in college basketball. I, I think he can get the job done. I think you know Arkansas might go on a little bit of run. They have I have better talent in my opinion. I think they'll beat Auburn pretty easily. LSU or Georgia, whoever wins that one, I think will be LSU just because I'm riding with what the odds makers are saying. It's Vanderbilt, but not going to matter. Jerry Stackhouse got the boys rocking at Vandy this year. They've been playing really good basketball, so I think they'll they'll win that one. Moving on to the quarterfinals, Mississippi State would get Alabama, and I think Alabama will win that pretty easily. Alabama, obviously, one of the best teams in the country. I don't see I don't see anything changing on Saturday for or on Friday for them. Tennessee, if they win, they would then move on to play Missouri. Um, Missouri's been really good, really underrated team this year, and I think they'll take care of Tennessee. In my opinion, I think that Missouri definitely is, has the chance to be one of those teams that goes on a big run, and I think they I think they kind of start putting those pieces in place this week. Um, so I, I think they they be, they'd beat Tennessee pretty easily. Texas A and M, Arkansas. Two of my favorite head coaches, Buzz Williams, Eric Musselman. Um, I don't really know which one I want to side with here. Honestly, I, I could see Arkansas winning. I could see um, Texas A&M winning. Um, both teams are really good, man. It's That's a tough choice. I'm just going to rock Arkansas for the sake of calling an upset just for fun. So, Arkansas, you're moving on in my predictions here. Vanderbilt, Kentucky. Um, Kentucky, Oscar Sheboy. That's just all I got to say. I'm, I'm just, I think Oscar Sheboy is going to really start taking over. You know, he took last year, you know, Losing in the first round of the NCAA tournament pretty seriously. I think he's going to come out really just want to tear it up, make a bunch of statement games in the SEC tournament, get get Kentucky fired up for for the NCAA tournament. <clears throat> so then that would move us into Alabama-Missouri. Um, Alabama wins. I, I know Missouri's been pretty good this year, but I think Alabama's just at a different level right now. They've played, they've played this team before. Should be an easy one for them. Leave us with Arkansas-Kentucky for the SEC title or the other semifinal. Um, Arkansas wins. Yep, Arkansas wins. I'm going with it. Arkansas wins. They're going to beat Kentucky. Then we put Alabama, Arkansas, and you know what? I'm just maybe I'm riding too much on the must bus here, but Eric Musselman and the Arkansas Razorbacks are going to win the SEC tournament. I just have a feeling in my bones. I have a feeling in my plums. That's just what's going to happen. So that is all for my, I guess, predictions, talking a little bit about the conference games, you know, what ones could happen, what could be fun. So probably wrong on every single game, but. I like to pretend like I'm somebody that knows something when I'm really nobody that knows anything, right? Ooh, did I just come up with a quote for narcissistic, selfish people? I don't even remember what I just said. What did I say? Hold on, hold on. I like to pretend like I'm somebody who knows something, but in reality, I'm nobody that knows nothing. Damn. My brother in Christ. Put that on a t-shirt, brother. Unselfishness right there. That's what that is. Okay, now let's close out the show here. A little something. Everybody, if you're a football fan, if you're an NFL fan, sports fan, whatever, you've heard a little bit about the Lamar Jackson stuff. Lamar Jackson gets the non-exclusive take from the Ravens, which ultimately means um, he's going to get $32 million a year next year if nobody else tries to sign him or the Ravens don't come to a long-term deal. But if somebody offers him a contract, the Ravens have the opportunity to match that contract no matter what. And if they match it, then obviously... He's taking with the Ravens. But if somebody sends him away, it takes two first-round draft picks to do that, right? Not too bad. Nothing crazy. I mean, what did the Seahawks pay for Russell Wilson? A crap ton. So that's that's no that's literally no skin off my dick if I'm a GM. I'm just saying. Two first-round picks for Lamar Jackson. I mean, when you look at how many quarterbacks are probably better than him, not a lot, you know? I mean, the, the, the debate quickly sparked on the internet as to why this isn't happening. Why, you know, so many teams came out so quickly and said, oh, you know, we're not going to pursue him, yada, yada, yada. Everyone's like, why? Why are you not going to at least talk to him, at least try and at least see? 
you know, and then it, it, it just starts trickling down to not making sense to anyone really at all. Does it, is it the injuries? I mean, that's really the only thing that you could point to, in my opinion, if you wanted to make an argument is the injuries. He got hurt the past two seasons. I mean, that can be a little bit of a red flag, but you've also seen what he's had to do. Let's think about the workload that he's had. I mean, you know, for the past couple of years, the running back room has been injured, and Lamar is a very good runner. And so when you have don't have running backs, you do rely on a quarterback who is very good with his legs to step up and make a lot more plays. Injuries are prone to happen. If you have a solid running back room, it's not going to happen. And there's only so many teams, in my opinion, that have a quarterback of equal value and talent level or better. I mean, the, probably the Bengals, the Bills, the Jags, the Chiefs, Chargers, Eagles, Packers, Rams. Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Trevor Lawrence, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts, Aaron Rodgers, and Matthew Stafford are probably all guys I'd put above him or at the same level. And then, you know, there's about seven teams in, in the middle tier that I think, you know, have quarterbacks that might be close or a little bit worse even, um, but also are paying giant contracts. The Browns obviously are paying Deshaun Watson a ridiculous amount of money. Um, the Broncos are paying Russell Wilson a ridiculous amount of money. Cowboys are ridiculous amount of money to Dak. And I think they think they have their guy. Um, Vikings, Kirk Cousins, I think they have their guy. Saints, obviously, just got Derek Carr. You know, Smith, you know, just signed back with the Seahawks. Um, otherwise, I think they should have even tried to. They should have tried to pursue Lamar. Um, and then the Cardinals, you know, they have Kyler Murray. It seems like they're pretty committed to him. So that makes sense why they, those, I would see why those seven teams wouldn't. So right there, that's only 16 teams. We still have 16 other teams in the league that I think should at least try to figure it the fuck out. And I mean, the Cardinals overpaid for Kyler Murray. They paid him $230 million with $189.5 million guaranteed for a quarterback who has been 22 and 23. He's won 22 games. He's lost 23 games and he tied a game. He's below 500. Lamar Jackson is not below 500. And then you think about the, the Packers paying Aaron Rodgers a lot of money for a 38-year-old. They paid him $150 million guaranteed at the age of 38. That's an unreal amount of money. And then you think about Deshaun. They fully guaranteed $230 million contract for a guy who has 20 sexual assault sex, slash sexual misconduct lawsuits out against him, but they are willing to pay $230 million guaranteed for him. What? Make that make sense, you know? And then there's also the conversation going around that maybe there's collusion going on with the NFL, you know? They're, they're trying to help the Ravens out so they don't have to pay him. So that another Deshaun Watson type situation doesn't happen. That's, that's complete horseshit and bullshit, in my opinion. I mean, look at what Lamar has done in the past four years as a starter. Eight and four last year until he got hurt. Eight and four. They were the thir three seed in the AFC. They had a legit chance to be very dangerous and even host a home playoff game. He went out. They kind of fell apart a little bit. They only won two more games to close out the season. They were two and three without him. Like what? 2021, eight and three before the injury. Things fell apart once again. But before, they were just, they were the three seed in the AFC. They were doing perfectly fine. 2020, 11 and five. Playoff team. They just didn't, they just didn't win. They, that, that's all that happened. They, or no, actually they did. I think that was, I don't know. Whatever, but 11, 11 and 5 in 2020, 14 and 2 in 2019 is MVP year. The team was really good. He was really good. And then you go into the fact that this is, I got this info from Warren Sharp that the Ravens were the least, they were the cheapest team on offense. They, in the past four years, they haven't, they spent the least amount of money on offense to try to increase production and try to make the team better offensively. They have not done that. They've been the cheapest team to do that. 
And then you look at what their wide receiver core is. The wide receiver core was the second cheapest in the league last year. They did not have the talent at the wide receiver position. And then you go back to those running back room issues I talked about. Like, what? Like, the guy really hasn't gotten a fair shake. And the fact that what he's put out on the field, I think he's like 48 and 16 or something. You're not even going to talk to him. You're not even going to try to see if he could work out a deal. Like, for two first-round draft picks? Like, come on, that ain't a little bit of cap space. So then that got me into, there's 16 teams that I think should have at least taken a look. Taken a look. Number one, Steelers. No way the Ravens allowed that to happen more than likely, but I like Kenny Pickett. I think he does have a good future, but Lamar Jackson, in my opinion, is a better quarterback right now. Might have a lot more success early on compared to Kenny Pickett in these next couple of years. Just my opinion. The Patriots. I don't have any faith in Mac Jones. I don't think he's going to be a top-tier quarterback anytime soon. I think that Lamar Jackson would be Bill Belichick's fucking dream, like a wet dream. Quarterback that can throw and run. Everyone knows Bill likes to run the ball. Perfect opportunity right there to mix it up. I don't know why the Patriots don't take a look at it. The Jets. Why the fuck not? The Dolphins. They're one of those teams that already said publicly that they're not going to pursue him. I do believe that he's better than Tua, but I do see why the Dolphins would want to stick with him one more year. I know the injuries are a lot more riskier with Tua. But, you know, give it one more year, see how things work out. The team is in a good place right now to win um, before they have to go and pay a lot of money to a quarterback. So I think last-ditch effort, last chance for Tua kind of this year. So I, I do understand that point for the Dolphins. Um, the Colts, I would take Lamar over any quarterback in the draft right now. I know that I think Bryce Young, I think CJ Stroud both could have really good careers. They have to go to the right place for that at the same time. But I, don't, I know the Colts are kind of in cap hell as well, I believe. So if they could work something out, I think Lamar would be the perfect quarterback for them. They'll, the, they have a little bit of wide receiver talent. They have a great running backs. They have a really solid defense. They have one of the better lines in the offense in the NFL when they're healthy. I don't know why the Colts don't take a look at him. The Texans, this one, I like. Put your big brain on, dude, right here. Texans. So you have two first-round picks this year. I don't know what they have next year. Either I don't know how this, this whole works out, giving up two picks. Just say you don't have to give up those two draft picks this year. You're going to keep one first-round draft pick. You're going to send one to the Ravens, and you're going to send one next year to the Ravens that you're probably not even going to really need that much because you have a lot of cap space. You go out and sign a guy like Lamar. You use that other first-round draft pick to address a place that is important of need. You use all that other cap space that I know that you have, and you fill out the roster and get more talent around you. They have a ton of draft capital. Why not use it? Like That would make too much sense. Why, why waste your time and continue to rebuild? Why go draft a quarterback this year? not have any talent around him as is, and then just let him be garbage like the rest of like a Zach Wilson type situation. I mean, he, that's not the case, but you know, the NFL teams don't always put the talent around these young guys. If I'm the Texans, I'm at least going to talk to Lamar, see if he'd be interested, see what we might be able to work out to make something happen. Why not? Titans, more than likely rebuilding, so I don't, I don't get, I don't, I wouldn't see why that would make sense. Um, I know they're paying Ryan Tannehill a lot of money, have to get rid of his capital, but Another team, why not just take a look? If you can keep him, if you can get him and keep Derrick Henry, unreal running back duo. Maybe even trade for D Hop. <laughs> Raiders, why the fuck not? Why are you publicly saying that you're not interested in Lamar Jackson? You have one of the most talented rosters in the NFL that produced absolute garbage last year because Josh Daniels is probably an overrated head coach. But nonetheless, why not at least try instead of go draft a quarterback? That you're probably gonna what get Anthony Richardson or Will Levis. Yeah, good fucking luck. See you fucking back drafting a quarterback in two, three years. Washington football team, 
that one personally I kind of understand because I do I do like Sam Howell and I think Sam Howell kind of got a bad rap last year for what happened at North Carolina ruined his draft stock I think that he can still be a solid starting quarterback in the NFL so that one I do kind of more understand I think they want to try him out with Eric Bieniemy see how that works you know kind of a him and Bieniemy kind of working together so I can see I do understand that one but at the same time maybe even just take a look at it like I don't get why you're you're not I guess the Giants, I mean, that one's too late for that situation, obviously. But, I mean, maybe try to go talk to Lamar. Just at least give it an opportunity instead of pay Daniel Jones a ridiculous amount of money. Not a bad idea. I know. Bears. Bears, this is another big brain one. Trade the first pick. Boom. There you go. You got two, three more first-round draft picks. Perfect. Whatever. Move back. You move back in the draft. Whatever. Oh, you know what? We want Lamar. Boom. Trade Justin Fields. Two, three more draft picks. You have all that capital to send away to the Ravens you have the two first round draft picks and then you bring in Lamar Jackson who then is your new NFL starting quarterback I think Justin Fields can be really great in this league but Lamar Jackson is better than him right now that's a point that's a fact no one can debate that use all that cast space use all that draft capital oh my god the Bears are a fucking playoff team possible Super Bowl contenders because the NFC is such a weak division somebody send this I'm gonna clip this out and send it to fucking Big Cat because he's gonna be like wow galaxy brain Thank you. Last couple here. Lions. I like Goff. I, I, I think Goff can really do something special for the Lions. But same thing. Why not take a look? I, I do think Lamar is better than Jared. So why not take a look? Bucks, you know, probably cap space issues. I don't believe Kyle Trask is going to be um, a, a legit quarterback in the NFL. I just don't see it, in my personal opinion. So I don't know why they wouldn't take a look. You know, they could probably move some things around. They have a ton of guys they probably don't really need to pay anymore. Let them go get younger. I could see that working out for the Bucks, Falcons, Panthers. Why the fuck are you not looking at fucking Lamar Jackson? Why are you publicly saying that you are not interested and not going to pursue him? Your starting quarterbacks right now are Sam Darnold, Desmond Ritter. No offense to the two. I like both those guys. I think those guys are decent quarterbacks and can you know have a decent NFL career. But they're not better than Lamar Jackson. That's for damn sure. So why not take a look? Why not at least talk to him and see what you can work out? Last one. Last note. 49ers. Trade all the other quarterbacks. Trade trade it all. Use all that talent you have on that offense. Use all that talent on defense. Figure out the cap because I don't understand it. Somehow you're going to figure it out. Just do it. That would be unreal for Mark Jackson to end up on the 49ers. They would be instant Super Bowl contenders. But that is today's show. I hope you enjoyed. Thank you for sticking around. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. I appreciate you. I love you. Stay blessed. Stay wet. Don't forget to send to, send to an NFL fan. Send to a fan of somebody who one of those teams that didn't that might need a quarterback. Maybe they'll listen to me and think that I'm correct. Anyways, nonetheless, I appreciate you. I love you. But for now, your boy Titties is out.